another episode of Soccer Rangers in Space. I'm Amy, I'm the Pink Ranger. I'm John, I'm the Silver Ranger. I'm Robert, I'm the Red Ranger. And I'm Tyler, I'm the Black Ranger. <laughs> so if you look in a movie theater at recent releases, especially for children's movies, you'll notice one common trend that uh, was not the norm, uh, maybe just even 10 years ago, is all the children's feature movies are animated in a uh, 3D and hmm, what's C- 3D no, CG? 3D CG is the new common way they're making uh, children's movies when everything used to be hand drawn and it used to take hours for 20 seconds of, of animation. And today we're going to talk about why that is. Uh, what are the benefits of this? What are we losing by doing animation this way? Uh, I think Garab would love to do an initial weigh in on this topic. Uh, okay, yeah, because I talk about this all the time, weirdly enough. Uh, <laughs> this was not my idea. I just want to get that out of the way first. Uh, okay, so yeah, this has been an interesting change in the way that, uh, honestly, feature films as a whole are being made. Very little these days is being done in true physical mediums. Even a lot of live action films are being shot against green screens and blue screens, and environments are being created around them whether it's the new Avengers movie or if it's Mamma Mia 2, where they literally spent no time on a beach. Uh, <laughs> doing this in animation is... It is a bit of a weird idea, because this is not something that's been new. We've been using CGI in animated films since the 80s, just in... Well, actually, technically the 70s, but popularized in the 80s. Uh and it's grown from being something that was done for background effects, for uh, moving scenery and set work, to being focused on characters. And Pixar really started this trend uh, in a big way with the original Toy Story. The success of that made this such a huge... Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Toy Story. Yeah, it's all, it's all good. I love that <laughs> franchise. Uh, First birthday party with uh, with other kids uh, my family ever did was going to see the original Toy Story. Uh, mm-hmm. Love that movie. I to went to college the year Toy Story three came out. <laughs> that that was emotional. It was really emotional timing for me. Yeah, Go on. yeah, yeah. No, uh, my review of Toy Story three in uh, three words uh, makes men cry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine what it did to a weepy bitch like me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, the success of Toy Story really got a lot of other studios interested in what could be done with this. And it wasn't initially a big jump over to CG. There were some attempts to try to copy uh, when DreamWorks decided to open up an animation studio. Uh, God damn it. Why is the name escaping me? Anyway, I'm, I'm just going to cut that part out. How, when DreamWorks Animation jumped over, or sorry, started up and... Uh, started working on Ants, which was really an answer to A Bug's Life because the guy, or the guy at the head of DreamWorks Animation also used to be a Disney guy. Also may have been the asshole that cut out almost 13 minutes of The Black Cauldron, but that's a whole other story and rage that I don't need to bring up right now. Oh, you <sighs> could, though, anyway. because uh, Tyler and I watched that for the first time today. Oh, yeah. fun! Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I was thinking about this, because... Um... I didn't like it very much, but I think it's because the nostalgia factor just wasn't there for me. Well, it, it, here's the thing. I, I, not to go and sidestep our entire conversation. Sorry, I did Cal- that. No, it's, it's all good. No, go the Black it. Cauldron, good. yeah, The Black Cauldron is a weird film because as it is, yeah, it's not great. It's not bad, I will say. I don't no. think it's a bad film. I think the people that go that direction are... <sighs> It doesn't feel like a Disney film, that's right. Well, and that was part of the fun of that film and part of what makes it kind of interesting because 
that was an attempt when it was originally greenlit it was really an attempt to try to bring disney and their animation department into a different world for years it had been walt disney's vision and after his death the animation department in particular didn't really know what they were supposed to do anymore the person that was largely responsible for the direction that they were taking in their films and the one who focused so heavily on these core tenants uh, of their animation department was gone. And the new people that were brought in to fill the void were passionate, but didn't have direction with anything. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting seeing uh, Walt's son-in-law taking over and green lighting uh, the Heroes of Perdane series to become an adaptation in animation, being the Black Cauldron, and hopefully the start of Disney's first uh, animated franchise, because they had hoped to do more with the stories. Mm-hmm. This being based off of a, at the time, five-part book series that was really just getting going and was insanely popular at the time. There was a lot of good intention behind it, and there's a lot of good work that's done into it. Uh, Brad Sword, who I think I've talked about before with his amazing review of Treasure Planet, did a great, uh, I, I guess I'm going to call it a documentary because I can't think of a, another way of putting it. It was an amazing look into the production of the whole film. Really breaks it down nicely into what it was trying to do, how it was trying to go and move from this more juvenile world in their previous animations into something that I won't go as far as to say was a mature take on things, but something that was definitely more approachable to an older demographic, whether it be teenagers, adults, and still managed to go and fit a good enough niche that you could get younger kids interested in it, but maybe not the youngest of the young kids. This was, was definitely scary. a PG t- It was a definitely a PG title. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the original really cut of, oh yeah, the original cut of it apparently was even more so. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that was cut out of it. Uh, 13 minutes of the film were cut out in their entirety and are well documented. Some of the film, as much as five minutes, according to several reports, have just been lost entirely that were in the initial scripted draft that was shown uh, to the producers uh, that were cut out and supposedly destroyed uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there, there's a you whole You know how lot. you feel about lost media, Rob. Oh my god, it drives me absolutely <laughs> up the wall. There have been some animation cells that have been recovered as time has gone along that show some of the scenes, but we'll ultimately never know exactly what we were getting into, because even the storyboard changed so many times that there's not really a good way of telling what all events were going and playing into this leading up to it. The film is cut terribly, unfortunately, as well, because when they cut the initial 13 minutes, they actually had to go back and reanimate different scenes as transitions from one element to another. And it leads to some really awkward, especially vocal cuts because they didn't bring the voice actors back in uh, to do any new recorded lines or anything like that with on how short the production timeline was doing something like ADR and lip sync was extremely difficult to try to work with, especially in that era of 2d animation, which rolling back into our subject here. One of the best things about working in 3D CGI is that even when there's massive script changes, it's very easy to reuse existing assets and to be able to go and shift entire storylines and narratives, re-record scenes, even small things that would have taken literally hundreds of hours of re-editing just to get something like a lip sync done can be done in a matter of days. A great example of this is the film that really cemented CGI films as being not only profitable, but fully marketable. Toy Story was an anomaly. When it came out, that was such a new thing, seeing these you know, lifelike uh, CGI creations and telling a cohesive narrative. They still were able to do a little bit with that, but Ants was not a big success. A Bug's Life was not a big success. You know, good enough that they're well-regarded and considered to be, you know, financial, or good financial uh, statements, but not on the same level as Toy Story. And then DreamWorks. Profanity too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, DreamWorks. Isn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> DreamWorks managed to go and strike gold though with the highest-grossing animated film at the time, Shrek. <laughs> that was the one that proved that CGI was not just a gimmick, but it was marketable, 
and it could be worked with. And it hit at just the right time. Disney was coming or was starting to go into a bit of a slump. They were starting to lose the good faith that they built with the Disney Renaissance. It was getting a little bit awkward, despite loving films like uh, Tarzan. It wasn't holding true with uh, audiences the same way that like Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, The Little Mermaid had just a few mm -hmm. years sooner. It was very experimental and the use of more traditional radio song styles wasn't translating the same way. And then Shrek takes Either that. Phil Collins went hard. Phil oh, Collins went hard on the soundtrack. It's an amazing soundtrack. I mean, the movie is basically a hour and a half long Phil Collins music video, and I love it to death. Uh, <laughs> But it's also kind of easy to see on how something like that might not have attracted audiences the same way by comparison to uh, Shrek, where you do have a whole bunch of radio songs that are playing in there, but they're tied in very much to the action and emotions of the scenes. And because you don't have one artist, one style dominating the whole thing, it can be really catchy and go and keep the kids' attention, but also have enough there plot-wise to go and keep, you know, their parents and the teenagers that were seeing it interested. Remember, this was during that period of time where the idea of making animation that was for the whole family was kind of an awkward idea altogether. We've gone through this weird period on where movies like The Black Cauldron not being financial successes had turned animation from being something that the whole family could enjoy into being something that, well, we really should just stick to marketing the kids because that's what sells. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of stuff that went along with that. And Shrek itself is actually kind of a bastardization of itself because originally it wasn't going to be Mike Myers. It wasn't going to be this lighthearted buddy comedy. Originally, mm -hmm. it was going to be a bit of a dark drama. Yeah. Huh. No, there's... um. God, what the hell is his name? I'm I'm doing I'm doing a bad job here. We are recording Opens this really up. late. Yeah, I will insert name here later. Uh, it was um, fuck. Why am I forgetting it? Wasn't it like Chris Farley or something? Yes, Chris Farley. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. He's not a dramatic actor necessarily either, though. No, but he was kind of that lovable outcast kind of character, even among the SNL groups. He was very interesting, and his death really affected the film because he had recorded all of his lines for it and it was going to animation and then he died and nobody knew what to do huh now we just cgi dead people back into movies yeah, yeah. i know this was back when that was taboo you know there was no carrie fisher uh Ugh, or anybody i still else think it's taboo i think that's weird it's it is weird like i don't know i it's also a totally different topic. Yeah, no, that I'm not going to go into that one. That that will derail us forever. And I know I've been or rambling. Or like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that dear was, God. Those were awkward too because those were not. Those were not. Those were test takes that they used. So yeah. it's just not his best acting either. So that's yeah. not nice. You know, he's being remembered and immortalized in a way that he didn't necessarily consent to. Yeah. No. It's it's one thing when you're having a callback to a character who was cemented in a franchise beforehand and has become so iconic. It's kind of hard not to recognize it. Like I do think that what they did with Carrie Fisher's younger self in rogue one was actually very nice. I thought that that was something that worked and it wasn't too much. It wasn't hamming it up or anything like that. And you know, something that I think that she would have approved of whatever they do in episode nine. I hope they keep her off screen. Cause honestly, I don't want to see a CGI you know, of the age she died, Carrie Fisher. Uh, right. Well, they wouldn't have been able yeah. to cast Carrie Fisher as Carrie, as young Carrie Fisher anyway. Yeah, that's you know? just it. That, that's a little bit different. Like, I'm okay with that sort of situation, especially so close to her death and all that. And then you have, well, there's so much stuff. Philip Seymour Hoffman is definitely, I think, one of the most egregious ones because, yeah, it's not even something convincing. Like, no. Uh, that oh god i'm just I, i'm just gonna go and get this out Sorry. of my i'm gonna get, get it out, it out. Of my, i'm gonna get out of my system and then i'm gonna end this uh <laughs> so if they had done something like what they did with the character clue in tron legacy it would be one thing where you just make a cgi you know complete 
from the ground up recreation of how Kurt Russell looked back in the original movie. If you took that and ran with it with Philip Seymour Hoffman, I'd be more okay with it than what I saw in that film. Well, I don't know, because even in uh, Rogue One, I am not certain of the name of the character, the actor, the general. Yeah, oh, that was... That was, the, that was so much screen time with a care, a man who was dead. And it's just, it's it's weird. It's like watching a puppet. Yeah, I, CGI was just ridiculous for that scene, too, though. He just didn't look organic and... Yeah. I, Uncanny Valley. Yeah, you, you tell me that. You, that you can't really find someone to look like that person. It's possible. Close yeah. enough, especially with prosthetics. Yeah, it's you didn't need to make a CGI puppet on a string for that position. Or, yeah. I know these are based on book series, but for me, Coyne and Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, you could mm -hmm. have easily rewritten <clears throat> some of his lines to Coyne. Or, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? They could yeah. have been reassigned to another character. I know that would have tampered with the source material. I, it would have worked, though. But there are other characters who could have served his purpose. Well, it's a book to film ad adaptation. They change a lot for that anyway. That's that's the thing that gets me more about that one. It's just that you had a lot of avenues you could have taken to do something different, whether it is a CGI overlay or if it's something like going and just changing the uh, written character lines to somebody else. There's ways of getting around that. It's like, okay, Rogue One, Carrie Fisher, she died a week before the film came out. Okay, that's one where she clearly gave permission and it's okay. There's ways of making it work even if it wasn't the case, but just as easily you could have just written that part out of the film and it would have been fine. Mm -hmm. L. Seymour Hoffman, mm. I mean, granted, not being the biggest fan of the Hunger Games books, <gasps> I don't feel like... Yeah, I know, I know. I'm the worst person alive. I'm sorry. Okay, it's just Battle uh, Royale. Uh, <laughs> that's oh right. Hate me, Internet. Hate me. I'll, uh. I'll talk I am a real big Hunger Games fan. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. It's not bad. I just, I'm not the biggest fan of it. It's not bad. I'm just not the biggest fan. But honestly, just from what I remember the book and having watched that movie, it's like that character role was small enough in that film. Yeah, you could have reworked that fairly easily. And I assume probably quicker than doing all the work mm -hmm. into using those takes and trying to go and clean it up so that it looks like something they can fill in in the film itself. It's like, I, I don't get that one. Anyway, going back to CGI and all that stuff, I'm going to let somebody else talk for a while, but uh, yeah, ever since Shrek, it's been a growing market. And the reality is, especially in the United States and the uh, Asian markets, traditional 2D animation is not selling the same way that it used to in theaters we're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence in japan with a lot of really high concept uh anime films that are coming out now it's not just studio ghibli anymore they're getting critical acclaim for this stuff whether it's uh summer wars the girl left through time there's a lot of stuff that's coming out that's starting to change that the european markets we're starting to see a little bit more interest in 2d animation coming back I'm hoping eventually we'll see it come back, but the reality is CG is very inexpensive and really easy to fix mistakes with because you can go back at any point in the film and just edit the raw data. You can't do mm -hmm. that with animation cells or with you know even digitally drawn assets inside of a 2D animated film. We still don't have a system that can procedurally generate between frames adequately enough that that becomes a real easy financial justification. So... I'm going to shut up for a little bit and let somebody else talk, but that's just kind of the breakdown of how CGI took over in the kids slash family entertainment industry. Um, I want to comment too, because it is so easy to do CGI at varying levels. Uh, you know, it's, it's not easy to be a master, like a fellow, a minute to learn a lifetime to master. Uh, <laughs> that's a really big board game reference uh a lot of people are using this cgi surge to make those um fake films those films that have similar enough cover art and titles those really poor cgi movies i was just thinking about those yeah yeah like, like straight... uh, saber spark is my favorite reviewer of these terrible movies uh... what's the name of that type of branding 
Walmart. It's just like the bre- the knockoffs. Um, knockoff. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. The knockoff. Yeah. So that some knockoff poor unsuspecting grandma will yeah. buy a movie with the cars on the top front of it, like an animated movie. Mockbusters. Yeah. Mockbusters. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, and anyway, it's just that's, like that's it's, one negative outcome from that. It's so easy to do all these in just CGI because it's just a computer doing it, and yeah, but they're all really bad. But in some cases, also though, CGI helps a film get out quicker and helps with a lot more, um, a lot more like emphasis on what they're doing. Uh, who saw the original Alien? Uh, just out of curiosity, way back uh, when. <laughs> Me. Way back when, yeah. Way back when. So that was almost entirely conventional effects with uh, models and stuff like that and the guy yep. in a suit. And then the most recent Alien movie that just came out, uh, Alien... Uh, what is that? Uh, is con- Covenant? Yes. Yeah, C- Covenant. Covenant. Yep. So almost entirely the, the Alien itself and almost all the monsters were almost done completely out of CGI. And that... You know, that did a good job of just making the monster look more real, but also helped to make the scenes well value time. Because when you look at some of these conventional things, I'm still a fan for the conventional effects, but it helps with a lot of ways of getting the film out quicker if you can just CGI a monster and get him to do stuff. Well, that was the whole push with um, uh, the Star Wars movies with um, uh, when they're bringing them back. Yeah, he was all about conventional... Uh, practical, uh, uh, effects. Uh, there we practical go. Yeah. Effects, yeah, practical effects. Um, because that's like a pushing feature now. We're just like, oh, we're, we're taking old school with uh, and not using CGI because CGI is now almost treated as a cop out. But I, yeah, yeah. I, I just am a fan of problem solving and fabricating, so I, I like conventional. Um, but well, it, it ages a lot better, is really the biggest benefit. Because mm-hmm. if you compare the first three Star Wars films, which had very little actual computer-generated content in there, you know, they used computers for splicing and all that, but the base of it was uh, all conventional effects. And then on top of that, you also had a lot of hand-drawn assets that were put in there, whether it be the blasters firing, the ships going and shooting lasers at each other, the proton torpedoes, those were all hand-drawn elements over film. Mm -hmm. That wasn't something that was uh, done up on a computer and is naturally going to have a resolution that never changes and cannot be scaled up with time. Compare that to the special editions of Star Wars or the prequel trilogy where they had almost all the backgrounds done uh, on a green screen, and so many of the characters and uh, moving effects were being done on the computer. A lot of them look terrible now, and we're only a little bit more than a decade removed from those at this point. Mm-hmm. Episode 7, while there are a lot of CGI elements in there, they were for the most part more tastefully used, and with the exception of the weird J.J. Abrams, <laughs> there's a tentacle monster in the Millennium Falcon scene. Uh <laughs> Most of it looks pretty good, even when it's upscaled from the original uh, release formats over to 4K on video because the cinema screens, they actually go and break down better to 1080p than they do to 4K. That's a whole other story, but that stuff looks better even a couple of years removed from that film having released than what Episode 3 did a little bit more than a decade ago with a much higher production budget. And with a lot more hand-created assets. It's a really weird thing to see where something is just a couple of years old, while you would assume that that's always going to look better, actually is able to prove it just in the nature of, oh, this CGI effect on this actual real-life body looks better than this CGI effect that doesn't have any basis in reality and just looks uncanny just with characters trying to interact with it. Yeah, I think The two should be on the same too. level. Oh, God, right? Mm-hmm. Part of that's just J.J., though. I, I love him as a director. Lucas, he's not bad, but the guy gets too much in his own head, and I think he sees something that the rest of the audience doesn't. What was the most recent uh, new hand-drawn movie you guys had seen? Or feature? Hmm. Or I guess show, too. Show would be fine. Hand-drawn. Hand-drawn. Because even like, South Park's done with 
computers now. They don't move the paper around. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it's there's I don't to my knowledge I don't think there's anybody that's still doing true hand drawn on there just because it is still easier to go and do even if it is uh, drawn technically it's still being done on computers like a tablet uh, yeah yeah exactly it's right. a lot easier to go and adjust and do edits and color corrections than there are with cells where you're trying to go and draw that stuff on and if you screw it up well that cell's gone. Yeah. Gotta do it all over again. I always like how in old stuff you can see which thing's about to move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. of the watercolor backgrounds, like Scooby Doo. I like, know. I wonder which book Fred's gonna pull. You want also where you I would go. I wonder what's gonna come out of those bushes. Yeah. You watch the cells of some of these older ones, like the color of the neck sometimes matches the shirt or something like that. Oh my god, oh, yeah. I love animation errors. And that still exists. <laughs> Speaking of animation, um, Don Blue's project, remember Dragon Slayer Returns? Yeah. Is he doing that hand-drawn, or is he using a program? It, it is being done in... It's going to be done on computers, but it is going to be done by people actually, you know, drawing everything out. So is that's not going to be done... In, yeah, it's going to be a movie. Oh, I don't know about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, John, go, go. <laughs> so Dragon's Lair was this very famous uh, arcade game during the uh, 80s, 70s? Yeah. 80s. It came out on Laserdisc. It came out on Laserdisc, but what was interesting about Dragon Slayer is like a pick-your-own-adventure game, but it was so hard because of the, uh, the reaction time. But what was amazing about it was it was you're literally playing a Don Bluth game, and it's a Don Bluth movie, and you're playing as this character called Drake the Daring who's trying to rescue Princess Daphne. Daphne. But the funny thing about it is just watching all the different deaf animations because it, it just it's Don Bluth. It's the classic animation. But um, he started this Kickstarter starter of quite a few while, of a few years back for Dragon yeah. Slayer Returns, where essentially they're going to animate and make it into a feature-length movie, which I, which a lot of people like myself are excited for because the game itself looked beautiful back then. It still does to this day. I mean, till this day. Yeah, that. Oh God. Dragon's Lair is such a weird thing because yeah, it's a Don Bluth. It's about a thirty-minute-long movie that they basically made into a whole bunch of different short animations that you'd have to use quick reactions, you know, going and uh, hitting different things on the joystick to go and move things along. Every time you'd go and choose wrong or didn't react fast enough, there'd be these great death animations. It, it's actually kind of a morbid game, but it looks beautiful. And it was actually animated on a larger format of cells than what would ever be used inside of a theater. Because uh, it used to be with animation cells and with film that you could just go and blow it up to whatever size you wanted, and there really wasn't any sort of degradation or effect. But to fit uh, cabinets that you'd go and do video games in, they actually had to do the animation on a completely different scale than what would ever be done in a movie theater. And just all the extra detail that you get to see and what they worked with is just gorgeous all the way through. And yeah, Don Bluth is making it into a feature-length movie. He's self-publishing this thing. And the last update I heard was about six months ago. And yeah, they've got uh, directors on board. They've got an animation company working with it. Uh, score composers. It's still several years from coming out. But he's pretty much single-handedly trying to bring back 2D animation to the big screen. He's 81. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's amazing he's still doing stuff. <laughs> did yeah, the, no, I, I love the guy. He's crazy. He's amazing. Oh, I love me a Don Bluth film. But mm -hmm. did the original game have a good plot that would translate? Or so it's, uh, it's, it's a, this generic tale of a knight trying to save the princess. Um, where, he, where he gets the kiss on the cheek afterwards. Oh, sexy. Yeah, uh, 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 if you saw Daphne, yeah, you geez. would actually be uh, understanding just how accurate your statement is. Oh yeah, much. no, she she is. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Oh damn. Okay. Damn. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's like that. That eighties, like a little too much. It, it would be a uh, not flying these days. It would not. No. Yeah. Uh, Dragon's wow. Lair. Look up Dragon's Lair. Oh, I did. Yeah. Thing. No. No. Amy. Amy found her new costume. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Also, get out of my head, please. <laughs> yeah no it's a, it's it's really exciting seeing that coming back because i do miss 2d animation and um if i could talk about one of the things that 
up until about three months ago, I thought was the biggest problem with CGI. Um, and it might be changing, but the biggest problem that I see with CGI is that everything right now is done in what a lot of people call the Pixar style of animation, where it's smooth bodies, perfect shapes, uh, more or less anatomically correct, yeah, more or less, um, just generally speaking, kind of uninteresting character models. Because I think if you went and put Anna from Frozen, if you put Fiona's human model from Shrek, and you put, uh, let's see here, what's... Uh... Rapunzel from Tangled. Yeah, there you go. If you put them all in a line, it's like, eh, they all kind of look like the same thing. Not so much Fiona, because that was before they started doing the big doe-eye thing. I, But I would still stand by, if you look at just kind of the design, the way that they do the character models and all that, it's like, yeah, it's it's more or less anatomically correct. They all just kind of match up one way or another. Uh, you know, could throw in Andy for Toy Story if he wanted to on there. It's just, they all kind of look the same. You could throw any one of them into the same film and they would look like they fit. Uh, versus even just looking at like Disney's catalog, there were a lot of variations in terms of character types, in terms of the way that certain proportions were filled out. There were, looking at Mulan, no two characters looked even close to the same in that film. It made them very unique and very memorable in that way. I can't say that I can think of a lot of CGI films where we've seen those kind of unique liberties taken with a character design that have really worked until last year when Sony pictures of all people, the black sheep of animation right now <laughs> came out with into the spider verse and completely oh changed my understanding of what you can do with CGI. Cause Oh my I, God. Before you go to talk about spider verse, I know that's a tangent. I yeah, just yeah. agree. I feel like all the Disney women look the same. It's just Disney style instead of Pixar style. Mm-hmm. I think same thing. If you put all the Disney princesses in a lineup, I mean, they did in Wreck-It Ralph too. I mean, I'm yeah, not going to argue. Yeah, so that I just wanted to voice my different no, no, opinion. You can continue with Spider Verse. Yeah, no, that's cool. And yeah, I mean, I, those ones are definitely the most recognizable, and I'll, I'll definitely agree with that part. But yeah, Spider Verse, even the protagonist characters had different looks, and yet somehow or another, they all managed to function in this same universe. I mean, Kingpin literally being a bus. Mm-hmm. He is. By yeah. comparison to Miles Morales, by comparing her, you know, being this scrawny teenager to, uh, you know, the Peter Parker, who, you know, good-looking, you know, muscular, but not too much so, you know, just general body type, you know, kind of goes and fits, you know, not the, you know, oh, Spider-Man is model, like but, you know. slender. He's yeah, slender, lean. slender, but he's lean. Yeah, yeah lean, but you know, muscular in his own way on there. And compared yeah. to Peter B. Parker, um, who's fat, uh, <laughs> he's he's just filled out. He's just yeah, got sure. more more cushion for the pushing. Yeah, he's, then... he's most like the six one six Spider-Man too. So yeah, yeah. Oh. that's just it. Yeah, oh. and then you got Penny Parker, and you know the anime schoolgirl look. You got Spider Noir, who actually you know looks like he might be a threat. It's like they, until he it, opens his mouth. Yep, <laughs> that he's Nicholas Cage, and it's just like, okay, now you're just my favorite. Then you Why got is the wind hand. blowing? The wind blows everywhere I am. It was good because, like, uh, it was it was really relevant when they're all going back to their own dimension. That each dimension was like its own kind of art style. Yeah, too. and that's something I haven't seen. Yeah, since Trek, I haven't seen that. Oh my god, that was such a refreshing thing, because. Yeah, that and the Peanuts movie are the only two real examples that I've seen where they've made the leap from something that would I would normally prefer in a two her two D uh, hand drawn environment to a three D CGI one and Spider Verse in particular because not only did they understand how to use good character models and having unique looks, but on top of that, they fixed one of my biggest problems with the current generation of three D CGI films in that they don't understand how to use a 3D environment. So much of the shots that I see in these films are just 
traditional principle photography and they don't understand that you have freedom in 3d you can do much more dramatic and uh, exaggerated things with a camera in something like that and yet so many of them choose to just be uninteresting and just use traditional shot focuses one of my favorite things and why i consider tangled to be one of the best modern disney movies is that it actually understood hey We've got these large dynamic areas that can do a lot of stuff. The scene where they end up flooding the quarry is one of the best shots that I have seen in terms of overall 3D composition because there are so many things moving at once. The camera is moving with the characters. Rapunzel swinging looks great. Then you have the lantern scene, and that is absolutely amazing. Once again, cameras are moving constantly. They're working their way through the environment. That was a really pretty movie. And then mm-hmm. yeah, their faces yeah, no, one, also look really different in that one. That one? that one they tr- tangled. Tangled? No. Yeah. Yeah. Look like... Okay. Look like a that Disney one, princess. That one. Yeah. She does look like a Disney princess. Her and Princess Anna look the same. Yeah. Oh no. Can't no, argue no. that. She's, but she's like she's like, like there was variety person. in the bar people. I feel like that that was the best representation of a Disney prince ever because he didn't just look like all the other Disney princes. I know, right? Uh, and then I did like the uh, mother's face, but oh, mother no, Gothel, absolutely yeah. not. The princess looks like a typical princess. Yeah. Oh, mm. no, I, I'll, mm. What about Moana? Can, yeah. <laughs> Moana has Moana? the same face. Same face. Well, Just then. complexion, a little bit fuller cheeks, but no, same. Same, same, same. I'm still calling that the Pixar style. Well, we can debate that out more later. But yeah, this comparing a lot of those films, there's not a lot going on in terms of real good action. And the Spider-Verse actually understands it. Like, it drives me nuts. Even in television animation, like, I, I know John's probably the only other person that's watched this here in this group, but... Uh, the 2012 uh, Nickelodeon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series was done in 3D CGI. And the character models are pretty terrible. They're I'm not going to give them. Those are nightmare oh, God. fuel. They, they, are, they are pretty bad. But something that makes it instantly watchable is the fact that even a lot of the more static shots, the stuff where they're just talking in the middle of a room, the cameras are still being used in a dynamic way. There's clearly depth to the environments. And when they are doing action scenes, they're fully utilizing all of that. And whether it's, you know, Ferdinand from Blue Sky Studios, Rio, Trolls, I mean, insert any DreamWorks film past the road to El Dorado, they don't understand depth in their shot composition. And that's something I think is really kind of sad because in 2D, you kind of forgive it because everything you do needs to be able to communicate, whether it be action or emotion, so much clearer. When you have something that's closer to a real life medium, you need to be able to give a lot more out of a scene for it to be as quality as what you would expect out of a real life version of a film. Spider-Verse nailed that. I can't think of too many other examples outside of like, say a tangled that really has managed to go that extra mile and give me something that I think I could watch just as comfortably in live action as I do in animated. Which is now making me think about all of these live action Disney remakes and I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people aren't like, me. I don't know. It's it's because they're going to be doing all the live actions and that's going to be a whole lot of, a whole lot of controversy on that too, because people are not liking Blue Genie um, or Will Smith Genie. Let, let's let's save that for another day, because okay. uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think we all probably have a lot more strong opinions on that than me just rambling about animation. Because I'm sorry, I'm an animation guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I going to think? I was going to think of another one. Um, oh, oh, this is this is probably doesn't really apply to you. I was going to think of uh, Captain Underpants. But you never oh, yeah. watched that. Um, I like Captain Underpants because it felt like the books. It but like great. again, the books I, themselves yeah. are pretty cartoony. I I have never read the books. Those came out Not after true. I was done with that phase in my adolescence. But I love that movie. It was very good. It it felt the way the Charlie Brown movie felt, where it was just like yeah. 
this is kind of exactly how I saw it, but then they just kind of gave everything depth. Yeah. No, like that's just it. Like, jokes a bit. Also, what they did, which was really cool, the books have something called Fliparama, where you basically put your thumb on it and you turn the pages to make the images move. They managed to put that in the movie. Yeah, I, like, that I was, was so cool. I was like, they better have Fliparama. I was, I was waiting for it. Like, I don't know how you would not do that in one of those books because that was a key staple of those books. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know. That's another one. It's just a little bit nostalgia or just clean, funny jokes updated, but then it felt like the books, but in a movie I form. Really appreciate, like, obviously, it's about a superhero under underwear clad superhero principal, and there's a lot of like poop jokes. Uh, but it was really clean humor, it wasn't making sex jokes, it wasn't which you know, and then it also like okay, Captain Underpants, a lot of teachers hated that growing up because they were like, This is really stupid humor, but it still kept itself above a lot of DreamWorks more recent movies, like the one with the polar bear. You know, there wasn't gratuitous dancing. There wasn't fart. There weren't fart jokes to excess, uh, and I think there were some, but they weren't. wasn't to excess. You know, it's a kids' movie. You're allowed a few fart jokes. Uh, You're expected a few fart amazing. jokes. Yeah, even Spider Verse had one. <laughs> it kept it clever, even though it was Captain Underpants of all things. <laughs> I don't know. It's that that movie's. It's like it's stupid young fun. So it is, there are fart jokes and there's silly jokes, but that's the whole point of the movie is it's two pranksters who are constantly causing pranks. And the only, the bad guys don't like, I like the main, the main bad guy is, is Professor Poopy Pants. That's his name. <laughs> and it's really funny. And yeah, so that's like the whole point of those jokes is that it's just silly young humor, but it's still clean. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's where all, that's where my humor comes from. That's, that's what I grew up on. I like those books. They were good books. I, yeah. I I feel somewhat robbed that I didn't have anything like that when I was growing up. So I'm I'm glad well, you, you are Rob. That. That's your name. Your name's Rob. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are yes. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I will say though that movie was a legitimate delight. I was the only thing that makes me really sad about that film is the fact that it did not do as well as Trolls did and won't get a sequel. Hmm. Damn it! Got- I want to see more of that universe. Yeah, it got a it got a again a Netflix cartoon episodes, but yeah, maybe. what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's so many books to go off of. If they can have as many Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies as they do, they could have some more Captain Underpants. Yeah, movies. yeah, Wait, there, there's a books? lot of mm-hmm. Diary of a Wimpy Kid or books. Yeah, the kids yeah. when I used to watch kids, they were all about it. Oh my god, I just thought that those were cheap movies they threw out every summer just to try to go and get. <laughs> bring in a little bit of cash between oh big superhero films. They were making fun of the parents in that movie for rocking out for to the Spice Girls, and I've never felt so old in my life. <laughs> I never watched those movies because I never heard about the books, and all of a sudden the movies were coming out, and I was like, are these these are books? I was like, oh, that's that's, that's like my time. 15. There's a ridiculous number of books. I mean, it's are they good. good? Uh, I didn't read them, but the kids I used to watch were super into them. Okay. And you know, they're it's like this cute notebook style. It's good. Yeah. Hmm. The, the, literally the only thing I know about those is I guess that the last movie that came out, they recast some character like Roger or something like that. And I guess that for like a month straight there was a hashtag on Twitter that was like the number one trending, not my Roger or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like are these films popular or something? I don't. I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> are those Disney films or? I I don't think so. Man, I, I don't know either myself. Yeah, like I I'm not <laughs> sure. Are they like WB? They... Is WB still? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... No, Warner, Warner Brothers is still the second largest publisher of media in the world. God, why am I not thinking? I guess any DC movies WB. So yeah. oh, the Lego movies too. God, that's a lot. Yeah, of no, stuff. they they produce mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. You just don't think about it. No, that all the Harry Potter movies. I mean, they 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 still got their place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just they're running high. So yeah. Speaking of having their place, I think we are at a good place. 
to end. Yes, uh, yes. Let us let us end this. Rob rambles way too much. It makes for an uninteresting podcast. I like when Rob rambles. It seems like you research our topics, even when I know you don't, because you just remember facts, and that's not what my brain fox. is. Diary of Kids by Fox. Also, oh, the also by Disney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As of the January thirteenth, Disney. <laughs> the name you were thinking of earlier is Jeffrey Katzenberg. Ah, oh, thank you. That asshole. You're welcome. I thought I'd save that for the end of the podcast. Oh so then at the God. beginning, I... anyone who was left in suspense uh, would wait yeah, till the end. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you. That asked. There wasn't like, a good I, time to interject. I, I, re- I remember that. I don't know what it is, but I have the hardest time. It's like I've repressed him out of my memory <laughs> because I always want to go and say, Michael Eisner is like, no, my, Eisner was not the one that did this. He got put at the figurehead, but he did not know anything about it and kept his hands out of it. And then it's like, John Lasseter. No, no, John Lasseter is still around, and he actually was a good influence on it the whole way through. He, he was the guy that made Little Mermaid happen and started the Renaissance. It's like, who is that other guy? Who is the asshole that got so upset with Eisner that he decided to not only leave Disney, but decided to go and leak a bunch of their film property concepts ahead of time to other studios? There like literally, go. that's how ants got made. Mm-hmm. Man, I he, I watched Ants recently too, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is not what I remember this movie being." And it's like, it's just uh, Woody. Um, uh, oh, why am I forgetting his name? Woody Allen. Woody Allen. There you go. I was thinking. I was about to say Woody Harrison. I'm like that's not. Yeah, right. no, no, that's not right. No, no. Uh, Woody Allen. I was like, no, it's, it's, just... it's the one that sounds crazy, but actually is nice. Not the one that sounds nice and is actually crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was like, this is just Woody a Woody Allen movie. But CGI, and I realized like this doesn't feel like a kid's movie. This what asshole like a... made you watch that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Now, is this like watching it when I'm an adult? I'm like, man, this is just an adult movie, but with uh, with all just CGI. You could just done this as as a Jewish guy in New York, and it would just <laughs> yeah. been the same some, movie. What about the same film? Woody, <laughs> Woody Allen, excuse me. Just some antennas on a bunch of live actors. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a Woody Allen movie. So yeah, it's... That, that... coming yeah. this summer, the Soccer Rangers present ants. There's two Z's, and it's just going to be all of us with ant antennas bitching about our lives. <laughs> oh my god! No, but it's I mean, really, John, that... John gets to be Brutus. Yeah, that that movie just happened because they knew that a Bug's Life was coming out. They're like, okay, we need to go and move into 3D CGI production as quickly as possible, and we need to beat these guys to the punch by at least a month and a half. And they did it! I remember seeing that movie in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that, too. I remember being weird that, like, there are two bug movies coming out at the same time. Yeah, yeah, we were so confused. Bugs are so in right now. And that was, like, that was right when Pixar was becoming a thing, and it was just like, oh, Pixar is doing a Bug's Life, and I remember seeing so much coverage for that, for a Bug's Life. God. Yeah, well, I mean, it was their follow-up to Toy Story. It's like... Yeah. It was yeah, a man. big deal. I like a Bug's Life. Me too. Yeah. Oh, a Bug's Life is great. I mean, it's basically just, you know, a kid's version of Seven Samurai, but, I mean, it's great. Okay, it everything is. is it pretty much is. Something else, so I don't... There's no new plot lines. Yes, Sorry. yes, there's nothing new under the sun, nor is there any sun left. The sunset has long since passed on this podcast. Man, I gotta go watch Seven Samurai again. That was good. Dude, I'm gonna... I'm gonna Why watch. would you watch that when you could just watch Ants again? <laughs> but it doesn't <laughs> Not Ants, A Bug's Life, A Bug's Life. It's a very different thing. <laughs> Why would you watch A Bug's Life when you could watch Woody Allen. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Why would you listen to our podcast when you could just go watch Ants? Oh no! <laughs> I think people made the right decision listening to us instead of watching Ants again. The Unless you really want a bagel, because that's all I want after I watch that movie. God, it's yeah. for the good of the colony that we end this podcast. <laughs> I just want a bagel and a schmear. You know what? I'm leaving. Bye, guys. Oh, it's a bagel and a schmear. If you want to listen to us, oh yes, I forgot. I'm hosting. I'm the one to do this thing. Uh, if you want to listen to us, uh, you can do that on Spotify someday and iTunes and <laughs> and Google Play Music, and Google Play Music, and Stitcher, and Stitcher, pirate us on our tunes. <laughs> you know we don't really plug these uh, very often, but if you want to see cosplay progress, uh, Tyler is on. 
X-Z-K-A-R-D, Exacard. He just made a light-up chainsaw, which only got yeah. 10 likes because there's no breasts in the image. There are no so breasts in the image. To 15, he will be less less upset. Um, you can follow John on Facebook, not Instagram. You can follow Tyler on Instagram or Facebook. John is on, I think your Instagram is just a personal one. Just a personal. Yeah. but I, I'll make one one day. What's your Facebook one? Uh, Mega McHugh uh, X, and that's. Okay. Do I need to spell that? Yeah, but then I'm going to say it back, so it sounds like I was talking. Oh, okay. Me. So it's uh, Mega McHugh X, and it's M C H U G H. M C H U G H. Okay. Yeah. Or you can find John on Facebook, Mega McHugh X, M E G A space M C H U G H space X space. Space, space, space. Actually, there are no spaces. Space. No spaces. No spaces. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I just was really into our space theme. Imagine the spaces is jumping. <laughs> jump man, jump, jump. Jump and shoot man. Jump, jump man, Mario, jump man. Uh, you can see his past projects as well as he's been making some gauntlets for his Thanos cosplay. Uh, for me, you can see nothing new, uh, but soon I'll be posting some Nero pictures from Fate because I like Fate because I'm an mm. anime ho. And uh, Rob is, you can just find him at con and be just follow him there. Stalk Here, here Stalk I'll, I'll plug myself. Um, you don't have follow, one. He I does. do, actually. <laughs> find me in the description because I actually have something to upload tonight. So I will see you in the description, people. Wait, do you not have a name already? You're going to make your own Facebook and Instagram pages tonight? No, I'm just going to go and torture Amy is all. I actually have one. I just haven't yeah. actually put anything on them in a long time. Oh, I didn't know you had one. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. No, cosplay, I, right? I will send you a link to it. <laughs> nice. Not, not Amy, though. I will not give it to Amy. You definitely won't. We never talk. <laughs> no, this will force Amy to actually listen back to our podcasts. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> There's too much coal on our podcast. I'm just kidding. Not this one. Not, not this, one. this yeah. one. Wait, no. guys, Cole's not here. <laughs> oh, fuck. Did he get sucked out of the airlock? He was in the space toilet, which is not <laughs> So he's literally suctioned to the bowl. So we better go help him. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> or we could just leave him there. Uh, no. Sounds like no. a shitty situation. <laughs> good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>